with you today. If you've got a Bible app, got your phones, whatever you use, why don't you take them out, lift them up, make the devil mad, make Jesus glad, wiggle it around real good. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will receive from the good word of God, the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living Word of God, and I will be changed. I'll go from glory to glory and faith to faith, and I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Say, never, never, never. Never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Find with me, if you would, in your in your Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. We began a uh, series of messages a few weeks back that we're going to continue along the same lines today. Are you ready? All right. Seatbelts on? Everybody good? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Uh, We we began sharing with you about uh, this subject, faithfulness. And I've entitled the series counted faithful. We've identified already that there are great benefits to us personally if we are counted faithful. Uh, Right at the same time, there are great detriments uh, to being unfaithful. The unfaithful person is, is, is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. You just simply can't rely on them. Can't put any pressure on them. You you just don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, But but the Lord is helping us to to look just like Him, to emulate Him in all of His character and all of His ways. And He is a most faithful God. And uh, and so we are stirring these things up in our own lives. First Timothy chapter one and verse twelve, Paul writes, "And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me, because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He was counted faithful. I want to be counted faithful. You want to be counted faithful. Why? Because then God will work in your life." God will put you somewhere. He'll use you. He'll give you a life of significance, one that has value and purpose. You'll make a difference here on planet Earth. Paul was counted faithful. Listen to this from the Amplified Bible. Uh, I give thanks to him who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this. Christ Jesus our Lord, because he has judged And counted me faithful and trustworthy, appointing me to this stewardship of the ministry. Praise God. Last week, uh, we were sharing with you that one characteristic of the faithful is that they will never leave their post. If they're given an assignment, if they're given a position, a place by God, they take that very seriously. And, and they're not going to be uprooted because of inconvenience or discomfort. Something doesn't go their way. Uh, no, they're just going to stay. They're faithful. They will be there. And uh, th- because of their presence, they're also available. 
And so God can ring their number. He can call their name and they answer and respond. Here am I. Send me. Use me. I'll pray. I'll give. I'll serve. I'll do whatever you need to do. Lord, I'm available to you. Praise God. And that's a, that's a high, uh, um, valuable person. A person of high value. Someone who will respond that way. Someone who's available. Someone who is present. Praise God. In our day, of course, uh, many people have freedoms. We like freedom. I like freedom. But freedom to, you know, with, with prosperity or things of that nature, people have the freedom to travel. They have options in life to go places, to do things. And again, I think... Uh, that's a very positive. I don't want to be restricted by anyone or in, or a lack of ability. I want freedom to be able to go and do. But with that freedom, how many know anything can be taken too far and abused, and, and, and all of a sudden a person's not available anymore because they're too busy going and doing and visiting this and seeing that, and all of a sudden their priorities shift, and, and, and the, they take the blessing of God, and their lives are you know, they're just not available for him to use anymore. So we, we want to watch out for the pitfalls uh, of some of this. Make sure you still pray. <laughs> Make sure you still go when it's right. Make sure you still check in with the master to see what you're doing with your time and your resources and your ability so that you can live a life with his blessings but still be of value in his kingdom so that he has access to do various things in your life. Amen. I know one of the one of the reasons we gather uh, in a service like this, um, we do so uh, because we seek change in our lives. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't come to the Lord so He would adapt to my ways, but I came so I would adapt to His ways. I mean, if you didn't come that way, you might want to change up because uh, he's not adapting. <laughs> when you're perfect and right and holy and just and everything, uh, you don't need to do the changing, right? But we should always approach. I know I need help. I need uh, to be corrected at times. I need to be uh, ch- changed in my thinking, my, my, my mentality. And that is the way that we ought to come because one thing that happens in life is we get trained and we get taught sometimes in ways that we didn't intend. Meaning, I didn't know I was being taught to think a certain way or live a certain way, but it's true nevertheless that we have been. All of us have grown up in certain environments, certain families, certain had certain experiences, and they've affected us. And sometimes it's very positive, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's right in line with God's Word and God's ways, and sometimes it's not God's way at all. And if we embrace it too tightly, we hold on so tight, well, this is my way, this is the way I've always done it, this is the way I've always been. Ben, well, we're going to miss out on some higher ways. We're going to miss out on some better ways. Amen. And so why do you say that? Well, it, it goes, it fits in with what we're discussing in this way. Some of us have been trained to be unfaithful. Now, we might not have labeled it that way. We might not have viewed it that way. But it's contrary to the ways of God. And we're just not as faithful as we ought to be because of what we've seen. Uh, for for example, uh, many people grow up in broken homes, and 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 you know that that can be very challenging. And, and but how many know that teaches you something? And many of us have to deal with that, right? It wasn't wasn't by our choice, but we have to deal with that, and we have to be trained 
differently so we don't reproduce it. Because it's very, uh, very common that people reproduce the same problems they grow up with in their own families. I, I remember uh, me, when, when Amy and I first, you know, got together, said hi and stuff, and uh, we're getting to know, and, and, and we're thinking along those lines, or at least I was, well, she was too, but uh, along the lines of the future and along the lines of marriage, and, and we had this discussion uh, because it was of concern to me because I knew her parents were divorced. And I thought, okay, I don't want that in my house. I don't want that. I don't want that as my future. And say, really, would you really consider it? Well, obviously we made a different choice. So before you stone me for, uh, for saying that or, or, or thinking, thinking that, uh, it gave me pause because I didn't come from a home like that. Doesn't mean everything was perfect, but you know, I didn't come from a home like that. And she did. And I thought, okay, I know how this works. I know how many people reproduce what they grew up with. I know how it gets into someone's thinking. And, you know, she'll have enough problems just dealing with me. <laughs> and, and, and so, but, but I, I'm asking those questions. I would encourage single people today still. You need to ask those questions. That should give you pause. I don't mean it's the final word on the subject. I mean, there may be a better answer, but it's, it's not something you should ignore because we are taught a lot by observation, by experience. Even if no one's told you, hey, here's the four steps to a broken home. <laughs> Make sure you follow these. You know, we pick things up in the, in the atmosphere and the environment in which we live. And this is why we discuss this. This is what one reason we gather today. It's one reason we read the Word every single day. We must disrupt wrong thinking in our own brains. We must replace human, ungodly, failing thoughts with godly, faithful truth. And if you will... Let God's Word saturate you. And not just for a week or two or a month or two, but just like we grow up with things, year after year, you you um, absorb large quantities of God's Word, it will have a dramatic impact on your life. It will make your friendships better. And your marriage, if you're married, if you, marriage better, make you better on the job. It will make you better in all areas of life. Okay? And that's this is just one little part of it that we're talking about today. But we need to absorb from our faithful father this character trait where we are faithful. Yeah. And and like I said, we've seen many benefits to that and many uh, negatives if we're not that way. But we are all being trained. So I want to continue talking about some more things here. A lesson in faithfulness. We were sharing with you about Elisha and Elijah last week and how Elisha just refused to leave refused to take a way out, refused to get off when he was supposed to stay on. That's something we can learn from. We can follow that, all right? Stay where you're supposed to be. And I want you to look with me over at the book of 2 Timothy, uh, just real close there to where you are, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And and there's an interesting discussion here. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy and he's contrasting a couple different relationships that he had. Uh, one bad, one good. But notice what he said over here. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. 
He writes, This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Notice, this is Paul talking. He's no slouch. I mean, he is a faithful dude. And he has given his life and his everything to the Lord. And he has been honorable. You can read the writings. He did so with a clear conscience. He wasn't ripping anyone off. He wasn't harming anyone in any way. But look what he said. All those turkeys, and he didn't say that, but uh, all those people in Asia, he said, they all left me. He said, he said, all those in Asia have turned away from me. And then he calls out two guys, Phygelus and Hermogenes. They turned away from Paul. I mean, that doesn't make any sense with my understanding of Paul. Why would you turn away from him? If you've ever had anyone turn away from you, if you've ever had anyone reject you, you're in good company. I mean, some of the best of the best, they've had the same thing done to them. All right. And, and if your conscience is clear and, and, and you've behaved yourself in a right way where, you know, where you don't need to ask anyone for forgiveness, if you've done the honorable thing, well, then that, that's just on them. Right. But know this, it's not pleasant. It's hurtful. It, it might, it might cause you some pain, but you're not alone. You're not the first one to be rejected. You're not the first one to be turned away. Paul went through this, this exact same thing. Uh, maybe you've had some fair weather friends. Have you ever had one of those? You know what a fair weather friend is? They're friends when the weather is nice. In other words, uh, when everything's going fine, there's no trouble, no hardship, no, no issues, then they're there. They're friendly, they're happy, they're enjoyable, they're there for you. Call them, they answer the phone, you know, uh, they're there for you. But whenever there's problems, whenever things are not going well, uh, then you call them, they don't answer. Right? Then they're not there for you. They're not, a, they're, they're not a faithful friend. They are a fair weather friend. Uh, they're there for you when it's convenient. But if it's not, they're not there. Look at verse 16. The Lord grant to the household of Onesiphorus, uh, Lord, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Now, now listen to this for a moment. First of all, this is Paul. Do you notice that he, need, he needed refreshed? So even those who are very committed to the Lord, they're doing the work of God, they're on the right path, uh, they still need a refreshing. Because we're still on planet Earth, and it's some bad things going on here. And he needed refreshed, and he had a great relationship with God. And, uh, you know, you might think, Oh, how, how would someone be refreshed if people come to me and they say, you know, I'm really burned out, really tired, really worn out, uh, really kind of in the doldrums. And I, I need some refreshing in my life. Uh, I mean, m- my first response would be, how's your prayer life? You know, you need to spend some time with the Lord. The Bible says this is the refreshing when, you know, when you, when you pray in the spirit. And we know Paul was a big time tongue talker. He did so a lot. And, and, and he, but he, need, he needed refresh. You might say, well, Paul, why don't you just go pray in the spirit for a while? You'll get refreshed. See, he knew that. See, he did that. But there are other ways that people get refreshed. You know what they are? Here's one right here. It's through people. That's interesting to me that Paul said here that, that Onesiphorus uh, uh, often refreshed him. The person did 
the refreshing and he was not ashamed of his chain. Would that still be true today? That sometimes our refreshing comes not just from praying, not just from spending time with God, but from people. I can tell you experiences I've had, uh, definitely with the Lord one-on-one or in church services where I got totally refreshed and empowered and strengthened. But I can also tell you stories of times where I got around the right people. And in being around certain individuals, I got recharged. I got refreshed. Simply from the strength of that relationship, faithful relationships can add so much to your life. And Paul's saying, Paul's talking about this guy here, how, how it, it does so much. Amen. And, uh, and this is essential for, for, for our lives. Our, since you can't control like what other people do for you though, and you shouldn't probably try, um, are you a refreshing to others? All right. When you come into the room, when you engage in conversation and have a relationship, do you bring a breath of fresh air to that individual or do you lead with negativity? Lead with problems? Lead with, hey, hey, what's going on? Well, (laughs) and every time you get around, you've got something negative to say. You don't want to be that person. You know, not a, not a refreshing, but it's like, man, your water's dirty. You know, something's going on here. That's the air is clouded. Can you turn, open a window around here? Uh, I don't want to be that person. Don't sow that into others' lives. Be that person of refreshing to someone else. Amen. Think about it. Uh, Sometimes we're always mindful of ourselves and what we're dealing with. Be mindful of someone else. Be the breath of fresh air. Be the refreshing to another individual. I remember years ago when our church was much smaller, there was one couple who they started coming to the church for a bit. And after a while, they said, we're not coming here anymore. We're not going to continue. We're going to leave. And, and we said, of course, well, why? Why, would you want, why do you want to leave? They said, well, no one ever invites us over to their house for dinner. No one ever invites us out. And we thought, huh, okay. Well, how many people have you invited out? How many people have you had over? They said, well, no one. Well, good luck with that process throughout your life. Sitting back, expecting, and waiting for everyone else to do something for you while you do nothing for them. Not really a good pattern. I remember, uh, uh, you know, in those same days, uh, there was another person who, who said that, you know, they were coming to church and they said, I, I just don't have any friends here. I want to have friends. And I thought, well, I, I agree with that. It's sure nice to have friends at church and, and we want you to have friends. And uh, they said, I don't have any friends. And so I observed this person. They came in last and left first. <laughs> they, I mean, seriously, they come to church and as soon as service was over, whoop, no, I don't care if you do that. If you want to just boop, run out as soon as you can, but don't say, no one talks to me. <laughs> I don't have any friends. Well, how many know? Well, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, a man who has friends must be friendly. <laughs> and so there is some sowing and reaping going on here. Yeah, uh, I want people to be in my life a refreshing. I want them to respond and be encouraging to me. But what should, what should I do in this whole equation? I should look for people to be a refreshing to. I should be looking for opportunities to bless and encourage and, and be a, a positive in someone else's life. That, that same verse in the New Living Translation reads, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. 
Yeah? And so this gives us this picture then of faithfulness. What does faithfulness do? Sticks. There for you. Available. Present. There, you, you can count on them. Uh, don't think about what others can do for you. Uh, begin to sow faithfulness, sow friendship into someone else's life. Praise God. Everyone still okay here today? Can, can, can we keep going? Can, I, can we go a little bit further? I don't want to waste anyone's time because uh, we're here. We, we should get something out of this. Verse 17. Verse 17. Speaking about Onesiphorus. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. Now again, this is Paul talking about him. And I want you to think about the time in which they live. He arrives at Rome and he has to find Paul. Now, Paul's not there with a, you know, an address. Hey, let's go over to Paul's house. He's not going to call him on the phone. He's not going to send him a text. Hey, Paul, meet me over at the coffee shop. This is very difficult to go into town and just find someone. Go into a big city. And, and But what did Onesiphorus do? He sought him out very zealously. He was important. This is why he's getting so much praise right here is because he gave uh, over-the-top effort to find him when it was very difficult. He wanted to be there for him. Paul, of course, was, you know, bound up because for preaching the gospel and he was, uh, you know, talked about his chain. But he, he, had to, he had to seek him out very zealously. Do you seek people out zealously? You know, sometimes they're just a friend or sometimes there's someone the Lord puts on your heart to, you know, call or be there or he- offer your help or assistance or just encourage. Do you seek them out zealously or, or is it like, you know, I'm pretty busy this week, so, you know, and then a couple weeks later you give them a call? Well, they might need you now. They might need you today. Well, I'm kind of inconvenienced in doing that. He was very inconvenienced. But this is what a faithful friend does. They'll put themselves out if they need to. They'll inconvenience. It's uncomfortable. But I'm going to be a refreshing to this person. I'm going to be life-giving instead of just, I will squeeze you in. I'll fit you in if it's convenient. That's not the way he was. And so it shows a, a level of commitment, not just, I'll stop by if I'm in the neighborhood. Verse 18, the Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. That's the day of the Lord. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. So Timothy already knew some stuff. And wouldn't you like to have that on your resume? Onesiphorus, I ministered to Paul a lot. I mean, Paul's kind of a giant in the faith. No doubt he's in heaven right now with much reward, being honored for his great service and sacrifice. But you know what else, who else is being honored and rewarded right now? Onesiphorus. Amen. I mean, he's got to deal with that name like forever, so, <laughs> so he needs some extra benefits. <laughs> uh, but he's being, what's on his resume? I ministered to Paul. You did? To Paul? The apostle, the great man of God, what did you do? I kept, I, kept, I, I kept him refreshed. I sought him out to make sure I could help him with anything he needed done. 
And so he was quite thankful and quite appreciative. But Paul is giving Timothy an example of godly behavior. Some were ashamed and turned away, and others sought out and ministered. So which one are we? Turn away, seek out, and minister. Contrasting relationships. Who will you be? Phygelus, Hermogenes, or Onesiphorus? Which one would... I said, I can't even remember those names. Uh, if you say them enough times, you might start speaking in tongues. Uh, okay, maybe. <laughs> uh, but then he goes on from there in this discussion. It's very interesting. And he, and he begins to talk to Timothy about faithful people and about who he should choose. Okay? Uh, He said, this is how they acted. This is how this guy acted. Now, here's who I want you to find in your own church. These kind of people. And he goes on to say, it's 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, just a continuation. He, He goes on to say, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How many know being strong in the grace that's in Christ is different than just be strong. How many know that's a different message than just, come on, Timothy, suck it up. Come on, Timothy, cowboy up here and uh, pull yourself together. And, and No, be strong, not in yourselves. As, as Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Yeah, I'm not just going to be strong in myself. You might be a strong person. You might have an ironclad will, but you will run out. You will come up short. But if you're strong in the grace of God, that's when he's working in you. That's when he's working through you. That's when you're tapping into an ability that goes beyond your own. Amen. Believe that you're equipped. Believe that you are enabled by God to do everything that you are called to do. Yeah, being a witness serving in the church, working your job, training your children, whatever you do, believe that there is a a power from on high that works in you, enabling you to do it successfully and enabling you to do it well. Praise God. This is what Paul told Timothy, be strong. Be strong, my son, in this grace. And verse 2, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, now, now listen, he's explaining how faithful people act. He's explaining good relationships, bad relationships. And he said, now, Timothy, I want you to find in your church, I want you to find some faithful men that can teach others also. Not just find anyone. Don't just say whoever wants to or no, find the faithful ones. You know that's how God looks at us today. Who's he going to use in here? Faithful ones. Totally. This is how God thinks. You know, reverting back for a moment. When, when uh, Elijah was training up Elisha and Elijah was about to take a chariot to heaven, cool right out. Huh? How many know he didn't say, all right, who wants, uh, cause all, you know, the, all the prophets were there looking on from a distance. Uh, who wants double portion here? Raise your hand. Okay. We'll give it to you, you, you. Okay. All, all you at one double portion come and line up. He didn't do that, did he? That's not how double portions are handed out. That's not how promotions are handed out in God's kingdom. It's not just whoever wants one. 
Now, salvation is for whosoever will. Don't get me wrong. You, we can all believe for God's promises. But I'm talking about being a useful, useful person in life and in God's kingdom. It's not just whoever raised their hands. Because Elijah put Elisha through great test and said, why don't you leave? He said, no, I'm not leaving. Okay, why don't you leave? No, I'm not leaving. And he gave him opportunity after opportunity to depart. And his resistance to depart and his faithfulness to be there when he saw him go put him in position where he could handle more. He could handle double. He could handle a great move of God, double the miracles, double all that that God was doing in Elijah's life. He could handle it. The Lord still works this way. Is it available to all? To all who are faithful. Yeah, there are some perks, some blessings, some benefits, some upgrades. There are some advantages that certain individuals have over others. And they are the ones that will stand before the Lord one day and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not just, hey, well, you're done. (laughs) Glad you're here. Glad you made it slid in here by the skin of your teeth, but you're in. No, there are rewards waiting. For individuals that are. And so Paul told Timothy, now look in your church. Timothy was a pastor at Ephesus. He said, you look in your church, I want you to find faithful people. F- find the faithful ones. What do you mean? They're all, aren't they all faithful just because they're in the church? Apparently not. Otherwise, he wouldn't tell them that. He would just f- say, find a bunch of dudes. Anyone you want. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Have them, have them count off. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. No, he said, find the ones that are faithful. Why? Because that's who God's looking for. Man, this should be huge in us. What does a faithful person look like? Well, it doesn't look like Phygelus and Hermogenes. <laughs> you notice there are four levels of, 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 of transfer, four generations here. This is how God works. There was Paul, there was Timothy, there was faithful men, and then there was the others that they would teach. Paul said, take what I've given you. Find faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You'll also notice he didn't say, I want you just to find some, some, some people who can do it. Some people with skills. Don't just find people who have ability. Ability is important. I don't mean to exclude it like it doesn't matter. But ability is not on the top of the list. What's on the top? Faithfulness is on the top of the list. It's easier to help a faithful person with ability than it is to find a person that has ability and no faithfulness. This is something we've got to work on ourselves, you guys. There's got to be a willingness inside of us to be changed, to be altered, to be moved, that God can shape us and work this out. Yeah, and if you don't do it in yourself, I don't do it in myself, it's just not going to happen. And I become unuseful even if I have a skill. Uh, anybody here like football? All right. If you're American, you like football? Oh, sorry. Some of you don't. And I, I just called you un-American. But, uh, I like football. I like to watch football. I like Boise State. And, and uh, I like to watch the NFL. And, and, uh, and I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking of a couple, couple people with high ability. Uh, one of them a few years ago, one of our local guys, uh, Titus Young, went pro. And uh, and where's he at now? Well, there were some other things lacking. 
right? Thinking of a guy a few years ago from Texas. Uh, they called him Johnny Football. Know him? Johnny Manziel. Great college football player, entered the pros. Totally out of the pros right now. Why? Not because of lacking of skill. Because of things in his personal life that he didn't get together. I wonder, uh, I wonder how many of us, you know, no one's calling on me to throw the football, but... You know, but I wonder, but we all have skills and abilities in some areas in life. Every single one of us have gifts from God inside of us. And, uh, but I wonder how many of us are hindered because we lack in some of these other areas. And our absence of faithfulness keeps us from being fully used, from maximizing our gift, our effectiveness, our influence, our success in this life. Come on now, that's why this is where our attention is. That's why, that's why this is, 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 is where we focus. What is a faithful person? According to this, it's one who doesn't turn away, like Phygelus and Hermogenes. In marriage, it's, it's one who doesn't give themselves to another. In friendship, it's one who is there when you need them. A faithful person is basically one who is true to the original. They're consistent with the facts. Have you ever given someone a message, said, hey, would you tell so-and-so such-and-such? And then between you and the person you wanted to get the message, they altered it, and they told the message wrong, and then maybe they justified it and said, well, this is what they meant. And you said, is that what they said? Really? They said that? Well, it's what they meant. That's being unfaithful. See, we are supposed to be faithful with this, meaning... I do not have the freedom to just say, well, that's, you know, that was then. And adjust it because maybe it's not politically correct or maybe not socially acceptable in some circles or Hollywood is not approving of it. I don't have that right to do that. That would make me an unfaithful servant of God. If I took his... uh, pure, undefiled words and altered them in any kind of knowing way, right? That would be unfaithful. We, we should be faithful with God's words. Faithful and true. If you, if you uh, go away and come back 10 years from now, we won't have amended the scriptures. We won't, we won't be preaching a different message. It will be the same. Other than, you know, we grow in knowledge and grow in revelation, that kind of stuff. But it will be rock solid the same. Why? If we don't, we're not faithful. Yeah? We want to represent accurately. Do you work for someone? Represent them. True to the original. True to the facts. If you're representing someone else. If you're doing a job for someone else. Make sure you represent them accurately. If you're a Christian, probably a few in here. Uh, how do you represent the Lord? A faithful child of God will do everything in their ability and power to be an accurate representative of who He is by how they live, by how they, they conduct themselves, by their words, by their actions. See, we don't just let any, any, any word that pops into our mind come out of our mouth. Why? We stand representative of Him. And He could be misunderstood or even rejected if we do that, if we handle that incorrectly. 
Wow, I didn't mean to kind of end up on something heavy like that. But but, uh, but on, a, on a serious note, I mean, we all blow it. But then how many know repentance goes a long ways? Honesty and so forth. You blow it. You, you acknowledge and don't cover it and that kind of thing. Uh, but we want to be faithful representatives of the Lord. And, and we can see what a faithful relationship truly looks like as opposed to those who leave, those who turn away, those who reject. Amen. Father, I pray today for these. I pray for these as as individuals, all of us here looking to you, wanting direction, answers. Help us in this regard to be just like you, faithful and true. Faithful and true, reliable, honest, and trustworthy. Thank you for working this in our hearts. We are not on our own and without strength and without ability, but you are God, most faithful God. And you live big in us. So thank you for helping us today to walk in your ways, to walk according to your plan, your purposes, your instructions. And we will be faithful to do all that you've called us to do. All that you've placed in our hands, we'll be faithful with that today. Thank you for the relationships you've given us. Father, help us today, this week, to be that refreshing to someone else. Help us to be that encouragement, that help, and not a drag on those around us. In our families, in our jobs. May we be the, the one that helps. Individuals look forward to being around us because we bring lightness, and peace, and joy into a situation. So thank you for you using us and working through us today. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thank you.